The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. How was that, the walking? Any comments or questions about that? (laughs) Could, Could you use the mic? Would you pass the mic back? Yeah, just to make sure everybody can hear. I'm just curious about, um, was it a different experience for you? It um, was a little bit like when uh, I was a kid, you know? It it reminded me of uh, the way that you walk around as a kid and you touch everything and see everything. Yeah, you're more available. Everything's very clear. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) Thanks. Um, I I had a little bit of a problem um, um, making the uh, eyes coordinated with the way my body was feeling so that I I was making assumptions about the quality of the sidewalk beneath my feet and then every now and then I'd come across one of the squishy sidewalks, which I've never seen anywhere except Redwood City. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I... So I would be taken by surprise, and, and, and I realized I was having an expectation of how it was going to feel. Based but, on how it looked. Based on how it looked. Yeah. And, then, and then it would be like, oh, this is unusual. <laughs> So, so seeing that expectation, you know, that's a piece of uh, being available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Any other any other comments or yeah behind you? Um, for me, I like the uh, the teaching that you did last week. Asking yourself, what's obvious? Yeah, am and, I, and it's fine. You can aware? you can use that too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm more open mm-hmm. with that kind of uh, you know mental activity. Am I aware? What's obvious? Yes. Right yeah, and that's fine to do it that way. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like um, when I'm, I try to be focusing on seeing. Um, at that time, what was obvious was the hearing uh-huh. of the uh, TV, a baseball game. So I was like, "Oops, I'm hearing, uh-huh. not seeing." Uh-huh. You know, I was like, "Yeah," and and it's it's definitely fine. I mean, the this is this practice is kind of a step to move you in the direction of that more obvious. Oh. Um, so it's it's fine to. If that's comfortable, as I said uh, when I gave the instructions, if so, some of you may have heard heard the other instructions, then that's fine yes. to use that. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about that more during the week as a form because you know the the form this form that I just offered can be used as a meditation. It's less likely to be able to be used. Uh, while you're in the grocery store, for example, you know, because you'll, you'll, you're going to be needing to be thinking about what you're doing. And, and so the, the style, that other style is more um, available. You, you can be more available like, oh, what am I doing now? Oh, I'm looking at my list. Okay. I, okay. And the next thing I need to look for is milk. Okay. Where's the milk? And, and I know that I'm looking for the signs for milk. So, so you can, you can use that other style. Um, but this, this style of, uh, 
getting familiar with being available to be mindful of seeing and hearing while walking is partly what I wanted to um, to bring in um, here. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, other comments? Yeah. And then when you're done, pass it back to Huanton. <laughs> Um, the walking meditation is sheer ecstasy for me, and I, I do it with my power walk using the five objects. But today, um, I've never done the moving in space or even the seeing particularly. The first time I did moving in space, I couldn't get the feel of it. It just was totally, it's kinesthetic and um, like, you know how you can play that game when you're a little kid and close your eyes and feel like you're not moving? I don't know if you've ever done that. It's really trippy. So that's more what it was like. So the second time I was doing the seeing meditation and then all of a sudden, instead of looking at things, I noticed things were moving. And then I had this feeling of moving in space. Uh-huh. So I need to see uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> to feel like I'm moving in space. At this point, that may be necessary. Oh, there, there is, right. there is a, it's subtle. The feeling of movement is really subtle, actually. Yeah. Um, and so it's possible to feel it. I've been at times in, in retreat, I've had the sense of it. It almost feels like a magnet is mm-hmm. pulling you know, and it is a magnet. It's gravity. <laughs> you know, and so so I would stand there with my eyes closed, and I would feel. Oh, I feel it now. So there's a little. It's almost like there's a magnet pulling me forward, and then there's a little compensation. The magnet pulls me back, and I can feel that. So it's a very subtle experience, yeah. and and it is it isn't so obvious, especially when seeing's happening and when other things, stronger things, are happening. And so it's just. It, just keep exploring. And as you did, you noticed a little bit through the visual field, you began to notice that you could explore the, the sense of the body moving as well. Right. Yeah. The awareness was that for me, the kinesthetic feeling is where my, where my attention goes uh-huh. and where I get my feel-good feelings from. Uh-huh. Not so much the moving in space, uh-huh. but that interesting to... So, so kind of the in, inner feeling of just, just this kind of, of movement, moving. not yeah, right. of, yeah, not not the forward motion or yeah, yeah. it's the body's yeah. actual experience of doing yeah. the act of yeah. moving. Well, if you can feel the kinesthetic experience, the the movement, the phys- the movement like this, like you know, this kind of movement, is uh, it's subtle, yeah, but it 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 can be touched into. So yeah, if you can feel the kinesthetic feeling, you're you're not that far from it. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, the uh, this changing from seeing, hearing, and the feeling the body motion and the, and the feet on the ground, it kind of t- actually turned into like a body scanning. And kind of it does, yes. Sitting, I notice how similar it is. Yes, uh, with the sitting meditation, and, and also, it can. But part of it too. I mean, the the open practice that I teach, more just what's obvious, what's obvious. It's it can be especially initially easy to kind of get lost, and this creates some structure, so that you you have something to to remember. Oh, this first, then this, and so it is kind of like a scan that keeps you here. Exactly. Actually, when uh, 
like a past memory comes up, it's actually not as sticky as uh-huh. compared to like sitting. Yes, because yeah. you're you're focused on yeah. the other things. Yeah, great. So I want to um, move on to um, some other practices, some explorations for the week. I think it's pretty well in the handout. Yeah, I think it's pretty well. Though, you know, if there's something that particularly strikes you, you know, I don't know if I recorded everything. <laughs> and those notes are old, so, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty much in there. Um, so what we're exploring during this retreat, during this week, is really what does it mean to begin to be, be mindful in our activities? Whatever we're doing whether we're driving or talking to somebody or working on the computer or eating breakfast or making a meal, whatever we're doing, it's possible for mindfulness to come into that. And the, the, um, the purpose of that, part of the, the reason why we might be interested in doing that is because when we become mindful, we have more, uh, more capacity to know what's going on in our minds and what's motivating us, why we're doing what we're doing, instead of, instead of more um, kind of automatically just doing what we habitually do. So the, the mindfulness begins to open us up to having more capacity for choice about wh- what we're doing and why we're doing it. It also um, helps us to see those moments when we start to move into reactivity and we might be able to become aware of them or we might be able to you know, shift our behavior to another direction. Um, in general, the mindfulness practice, as I said earlier when I talked about, um, I talked about the refuges, the awareness practice is, is the ground through which the Buddha explored or, or taught, you know, this tool, this tool will help you to wake up. This tool will help you to orient towards less suffering in your life. And so the, the daily life practice basically explores the possibility of including this tool right in the midst of whatever we're doing. Um, I'll tell some stories from my own from my own practice with this a little bit later, uh, also as a way to um, encourage or support why why we might do this. You showed up, and so I hope there's at least an interest in uh, exploring what it means to be mindful in the midst of our day. In fact, sometimes the question often comes, especially at the end of retreat. You know, this has been so helpful. I've seen so much, and I'd really like to learn how to do this in my daily life. How can I do that? And it's from that kind of question that um, I've created. I've created this style of retreat. And um, I do have to say, I mean, full disclosure here. You know, this actually, what I'm teaching here this week and t- today, what I'm offering here today, this was my very first mindfulness practice the very first thing that I explored. I, I read about mindfulness and I wasn't particularly interested in meditating, but I was interested in understanding what was going on in my mind in my daily life. And so um, I read some books and kind of gleaned some ideas and started practicing with some specific techniques in my daily life and found it so immensely helpful 
first three months of my practice were this form of practice that I'm teaching today. So, um, and it really was so beneficial to me in terms of being able to see why my mind was getting caught in struggling and suffering that I decided I would sit down and meditate because I I recognized that the tool of mindfulness was so beneficial in my daily life that I could probably cultivate it also in in a a meditation practice. And so I began doing sitting meditation. So this form of practice that I offer... It's the very first form of meditation that I did. So, um, and yet most people come at this form of meditation, come at daily life practice, having done some some practice in sitting, and wonder, you know, how how do we bring it into daily life? It's it's um, we lose some of the supports when we are practicing in daily life that we have when we're doing sitting meditation. When we're doing sitting meditation, first of all, we're sitting still with our eyes closed, so that's a little bit of a reminder for us that we're practicing and cultivating mindful attention. Um, We often have a particular experience, such as the breath or something that we're letting our attention collect around. And so that's another piece that helps us remember. We notice that our mindfulness has gotten lost when we're drifting off into thought. We wake up, it's like, oh, right, I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. And I was trying to pay attention to the breath, but here I am, so I'll come back. So there's, there's some supports in the sitting practice that during the time we're sitting help us to remember mindfulness. And yet you still see in your sitting how much the mind goes out. And so, you know, even with those supports, it's challenging to remember. We're, we're present for a breath or two, and then the mind wanders. And then we wake up, another few breaths, and then the mind wanders. This is a normal way that the mind functions in meditation because the mind has such a habit of getting lost in thought. And so we're cultivating that capacity to be present, to, to stay here, to stay available for what's unfolding in this human experience. While we're sitting, we have a few supports that help us with that. In daily life practice, we pretty much lose all of those supports to help us remember. And so uh, it's really hard, actually. Sometimes when I teach residential retreat, I tell people at the end of the retreat that they've just finished the easy retreat and they're going into the, a hard retreat. Because when you're on a meditation retreat, when you're on a residential meditation retreat, you not only have the formal sitting and walking, you've got a whole different environment and you're seeing everybody else practicing and you've got the Dharma talks and the instructions regularly to help you remember, right, this is what I'm doing. You wake up in a different place. Oh, right, I'm meditating today. It's, there's so many supports to help you remember to practice on retreat. And when we go home, we lose all of those supports. And so, of course, it's more difficult it's harder to remember. And so um, I do teach some, um, some practices, as I mentioned, where we're just exploring what, what's most obvious to us in this moment. And yet there are also some more directed practices that we can do to help us remember in our daily life. And so I'm going to offer you some of these tools, these tools that I used when I first started that basically helped me to remember to be mindful. 
So the first, first tool, first piece I like to suggest is, and this was, this was one of the first things I did, I picked something that happened regularly through my day. Um, well, actually, I, actually, the reason I did this was because I was reading a book that talked about how hard it was to be mindful in daily life, and that the, that book suggested um, rather than having your goal to be mindful all day long, pick a couple of specific things to try to be mindful of. And then over the course of several days, you may find that, that, that your capacity is improving to be mindful of those things. Then you might pick some other things. And so I decided for myself that I was going to pick a couple of tasks, a couple of things to be mindful of in my daily life. And the first one that I chose was something that happened to me regularly through my day, something that happened hmm, two or three times an hour during the bulk of my day. And my intention was set, I'm going to wake up when that happens. So it was a kind of an intention to try to remember when that thing happens. So I picked, um, this was in 1995, (laughs) I picked switching between DOS and Windows on my computer. I was a computer person. (laughs) And I did that a lot, actually. I switched between DOS and Windows about every, you know, 10 minutes or so. So... uh, Every time I did that, that was my intention, to try to remember. And so I like to suggest for this particular suggestion, pick something that happens regularly through your day and see if you can... um, So then the, the practice, and I'll talk about how we explore this, the practice would be see if you can uh, be curious about, can I know when that happens? Can I be mindful when that happens? Uh, you might pick... Um, you know, th- something that happens frequently. If you, if you drink water, you know, if you have a bottle of water next to your desk, maybe drinking water. Touching your cell phone, that's a good one. <laughs> that one happens a lot for people. Um, might be something like um, walking through doorways or opening doors. Something you do that happens regularly. And again, I'd like to suggest something happens two to three times an hour through the bulk of your day. Now, obviously, when I went home at night, I wasn't switching between DOS and Windows on my computer, but that happened for the, you know, the bulk of my eight hours of my day. There was that regular activity that I was doing. So um, this piece of, of trying to notice, this is a kind of a neutral thing that we're trying to notice. And partly it's, it's a, um, a feature I would like it to be something neutral, um, because one of the one of the things I realized uh, part of the reason I got into um, mindfulness practice is that I was really I was pretty miserable, and I was very angry, and my mind was just kind of all over the map. It was pretty miserable, and so. I explored some of those things, too, which I'll talk about later. I explored being mindful of the anger. But it was really helpful to have something where, you know, when I woke up into this switching between DOS and Windows, it was pretty neutral. And so mindfulness was being cultivated 
around something that wasn't miserable. That was helpful for me. To have just this touchstone of the possibility of waking up to just the neutral experience of life. So, um, so what happened for me, and likely what I hear also happening for people as they explore this style of practice, um, partly I encourage this um, having something. It's like, it's like it's a reference point for us to help us recognize how much or how little we are mindful through our day. With something happening regular like that, likely what you're going to notice, especially at the beginning, is just how much you're forgetting to notice it. This is not a failure. It's, it's actually a feature. <laughs> it's a feature of how this practice works that we initially... Um, it may be, you know, the end of the day before you remember. Like you're, you're going to bed at night or you're coming back. You're coming back for the class in the evening, maybe, and you remember, oh, I'm going back. We're supposed to be talking about what we've been noticing. And I forgot to notice all day long. This was the first thing that I noticed. I had decided I was going to notice switching between Dawson Windows on my computer, and the first time I remembered, I was making, pulling my, my bed covers down at night. It's like, oh, I forgot to do that all day long. In that moment, when you remember that you've forgotten, that moment is kind of equivalent in our sitting practice to the moment when you remember that you're meditating and that you've lost track of being present. So in the sitting meditation, oh right, I was intending to be paying attention to my breath or I was intending to notice my experience. In that moment in sitting, we can immediately come back to, to, the, to the practice. In the moment when you recognize that you've forgotten to, to notice all day long, it's not like you can go back and put yourself in that situation. Like I could, couldn't just like sit down and switch between Dawson windows and then be present for it. <laughs> but it, it was the point in that moment, actually, is that you've become mindful in that moment of remembering that you've forgotten. Mindfulness has returned, and partly it's returned, and you've recognized it because you have this task that you are orienting about for the week. And so in that moment, you remember that you've forgotten right there, Mindfulness is there. Recognize that, first of all. And this is a big piece of mindfulness in daily life. We begin to be curious about the moment when mindfulness returns, whatever we're doing, wherever we are. And it actually happens a lot, that moment of mindfulness returning. It happens a lot. And so if we can begin to uh, have something to help us recognize it, which this task Essentially, picking some task, the point of it is to not necessarily to become perfect at noticing every time you switch between Dawson windows, but um, to recognize those moments when mindfulness returns and you realize, oh, I haven't been remembering that. Those moments when we recognize I haven't been remembering, those are moments of mindfulness that we would not have had if we didn't have some orienting tool 
to help us essentially remember that we're forgetting. So that's a big piece of the point of this task, is to help us recognize moments that mindfulness returns may be connected to that experience and maybe not. So in my experience, I'll I'll talk a little bit more. In my experience, the first time I remembered, I mean, it unfolded something like this for me. The first time I remembered was at night after a whole day of not remembering. The next day, it was like I remembered two or three times during the day. Oh, I've forgotten. I haven't been noticing that. So I did notice, what I did notice is I was remembering that I'd forgotten more. (laughs) that was a plus and in that moment when we remember it's like you are mindful in that moment so what's there just very light touch just ah what's obvious right now oh I'm pulling down my covers or oh there's a little tension here or I'm happy or whatever is obvious in that moment just be present in that moment just Know what's happening while it's happening. Very simple. The simplest form of awareness. Just, this is what's happening right now. The next things to do in that moment, so first of all, recognize that you've become aware. Notice what's obvious. And then um, recommit. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying to notice that task. I found that that recommitment in that moment is really helpful. It's like it reminds me, yes, I I do want to do this. It's really helpful not in that moment to say, oh, this is obviously too difficult. I can't do this. I'm going to forget about it. And if we have that intention, we won't continue to try to explore. So for me, that recognizing, okay, become aware in this moment. Here's what's obvious. And I'm just going to keep trying Keep trying to remember that task. That, ha- that began to create a momentum such that the next day I did remember three, three or four times. And then the next day I remembered even more times. And then I started noticing after a few more days that I was remembering like closer to when it happened. I'd switch between Dawson windows and a few minutes later I'd think, oh, I just switched between Dawson windows a few minutes ago. And I missed it, but I'm aware, aware now, so I'm just going to keep trying. And then at some point, I recognized it right after it happened. And then at some point, I began noticing it as it was happening. Now, again, this, this practice, it's not so much about the importance of waking up for a particular activity. Um, but it does, there's a couple of benefits to it. One is that... If you're, if you're waking up for something that's happening regularly through your day like that, it begins to pull a thread of mindfulness through your day. You're, you're waking up and knowing that you're awake, knowing what's obvious in that moment more, more and more through your day. So it, it, uh, it begins to create just these little kind of highlight moments of mindfulness popping in in your day. The other thing that's beneficial about picking a particular task is um, that it begins to become a kind of like mindfulness bell. Once you've kind of connected the mindfulness to that experience particularly, so 
what, what might happen then is like your mind is kind of all over the place wandering. You're doing this task. Oh, I'm switching between. Oh, become aware. And so that activity actually then begins to wake you up. And so it kind of can break into a stream of thought or a, a, a kind of a, a mind that's kind of charging down memory lanes. Like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, mindfulness is connected with this. So it begins to, not only does it create this thread of mindfulness, but it also helps to wake us up um, at, other, at, at times when we might be caught during our day. So those are a couple of, of benefits for that particular um, form of practice. Is there one other piece maybe? Um, oh, yes. Um, so in those moments when mindfulness returns, um, whether it's connected with the experience or not, any time mindfulness comes back and you recognize, oh, aware again. In daily life, I, I actually give a different instruction than I give in sitting meditation. In sitting meditation, when you notice that mindfulness is returned, generally you remind yourself, you keep prompting yourself, like, okay, aware, keep, keep exploring, be aware, be aware, be aware. In daily life, what I find is um, if you are trying to hold on to mindfulness it gets kind of heavy. And it starts to feel like, I don't have time to be mindful. You know, I, I, I've got to be thinking about this thing that I'm working on. I can't stop and be mindful of it. Now, over time, we begin to recognize that actually mindfulness doesn't weigh anything, and it, it doesn't actually have to take extra cycles of the brain in order to bring the mindfulness to what's happening. We can actually be mindful in all of our activities. But it does take a kind of a momentum of mindfulness for that to happen. Um, it, it, it can't be the kind of mindfulness... I mean, like, for instance, if we are writing an email and... Um, thinking about what we need to say to somebody, to have to be remembering, can I be mindful? Can I be mindful? It kind of gets in the way of the thinking that has to happen to do that activity. But what can begin to happen is that mindfulness can get strong and just be there for that activity. But it takes some momentum of mindfulness for that to happen. And so this practice of recognizing these moments when mindfulness returns, it begins to create a little bit of a thread of mindfulness through the day and may create a little bit of a momentum of mindfulness. But if we're consciously trying to do mindfulness in the midst of our day, very often what I see is that people give up because it's hard to hold on to the doing side of mindfulness while we're doing other activities. Mindfulness doesn't need to be done as it, as it gains momentum. And I think maybe some of you have experienced this possibility every now and then of just kind of waking up into something and realizing, I'm mindful and I'm not having to try to be mindful. That's the, 
That's the flavor of mindfulness that can begin to infuse all of our day. But it's not something we can kind of churn up. And so what I like to suggest in daily life, when you remember that moment, that moment of mindfulness, when we remember awareness, take in what's obvious in that moment. And it may be that there's a little bit of momentum there. It's like that moment itself has happened effortlessly. You didn't have to do it. So there it is. It arose. You, you can be mindful without having to try to do it. Let it last as long as it lasts. And get on with your day. You don't have to hold on to that mindfulness and try to keep it going in your daily life. Let it, it may have a little, you may get a little bit of a ride of mindfulness when you wake up in that, in that moment. Like, you know, if you wake, if you wake up while you're pulling your bed covers down, maybe you get 10 seconds of mindfulness or maybe even a little bit longer, but you don't have to hold on to it. So, uh, so that's the instructions around a particular task. Any questions? I saw a couple questions. Yeah. So there's one, and then did you have? Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I don't think it's on. How's that? Is that on? Okay. Um, so these moments when you when you notice things, when that when this task happens what what actually do you do there (laughs) it's really simple this noticing like do you you say something to yourself well you could It, it might be helpful to just ask yourself the question what's obvious like so what if the obvious thing is that i the obvious thing is i just noticed that i'm i'm drinking tea that's fine so you notice you notice that experience. What does it mean to be present for the human? Here's, here's a way to frame it. What does it mean to be present for the human experience of drinking tea? So warmth in the mouth, body sitting, just whatever is obvious. It, it might be the, the feeling of the warm cup, or it might be, it, it, it's going to be many different things. It's going to depend on what kind of your mind is interested in noticing in that moment. And so I like to go with what's obvious so that you're not like, the idea isn't to try to look for things to be aware of. But in the moment of that mindfulness returning, something will be there. You can think of it as a receptive kind of, what, what's coming to you rather than looking for something? So what's coming to you? And, and it may not be anything particular except just that, Knowing that I'm drinking tea, that's what, that's what I know. It doesn't have to be anything special. So that's, that's it. Really simple. So then, is it okay to ask, like, why? Or like, what's the point of, of, of doing well, it? Well, it's, it's, again, it's cultivating that capacity to know what's happening while it's happening. So in that moment when you recognize... Yep, drinking tea is what's happening. Well, for, first of all, recognize how is that, you know? Recognize the mindfulness itself. Recognize that you have become mindful. And how does it impact you? How does it feel to have become mindful? Um, that will vary also, you know, and this is partly why I, I suggest something neutral. Often when we wake up into something neutral, there's a kind of a, 
there's a there's an experience of connecting with just being here and being present that feels very at home. It's like you've arrived in your being, your body. You've arrived in your you've arrived in this moment, and the body and mind actually really like this. It's it's a very um, it's a natural state, and it's one that the, the system kind of appreciates. And so there's a little bit of that, that um, in waking up to something neutral, you've got this possibility of recognizing this feeling of being here. So it's not, it's not just, again, it's not just about noticing the warmth, or, but what is it like to actually be here for this experience? The power of the mindfulness and recognizing mindfulness begins to be uh, revealed the more moments of mindfulness we get in our day. A single moment of mindfulness like that, it actually can be extremely powerful, and I'll tell a story about that later if I have time. Uh, It can be extremely powerful in that we can see into something and witness um, how our minds are doing something and release the whole pattern of suffering in a split second. But at the same time, it may simply be just that moment. That moment of mindfulness, it's strengthening the capacity for mindfulness. And mindfulness is how we... uh, how we can... basically learn or understand why our minds get caught. If we are not mindful, if we are not aware, our minds are going to um, just follow their habitual tendencies. And so this practice of just that moment of mindfulness, it's ba- basically it's strengthening your capacity for mindfulness in the midst of whatever you're doing. And in that moment, it may not be much, but just, oh, I'm here. What do I, oh, I guess I just go on with my day. So it keeps it light for one. So the the purpose of it doing it this way is to keep it light so that you may be more inclined to keep doing it. And it will begin to, to develop some momentum such that it has a capacity and a power to actually um, open our, open our minds to, uh, understandings about what's going on in our hearts and minds and letting us um, free, become free of certain patterns, habits. So it's, uh, it takes a little bit of trust, essentially, to, to do this. And it, it seems like nothing. You know, that's partly why I encourage you to keep recommitting whenever you remember in that moment because... Um, you know, it keeps, it keeps um, the mind recognizing, yes, this is something I want to do. And over time, partly the value of it will show itself over time. I can speak to you from my experience of the value of it, but it is um, something that you have to understand over time. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Any other, any other questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I've always wanted to ask this question, so I guess I will today. Um, in mindfulness in daily life, um, sometimes my mind gets wrapped around what to get, what to pay attention to, and two two possibilities are what's happening internally or externally, or just being aware of awareness. Mm -hmm. Which I know aren't two different things, because if I'm aware of awareness, then everything kind of is bubbling around underneath there. But I get sometimes, because um, there's a specificity when I really pay attention to the thingliness that's going on. And there can be a, um, and, and yet there's an ecstasy in the, there's a sense of well-being in the awareness. The awareness, yeah. awareness. Mm -hmm but sometimes a little spaciness. So that's kind of So what I would encourage here <laughs> in daily life, again, minimal doing. So if you're waking up and thinking, what should I pay attention to? Should I come here or should I go there? Again, it's just like, what is most obvious? It may be that awareness of awareness is most obvious, or it may be that the contact of... And the coolness is what's most obvious in that moment. It may be seeing is most obvious. It may be hearing is most What What is most obvious? I wouldn't try to change what's most obvious. So obviously that question comes from the efforting part of the self rather than the receiving part of the Yeah. So it's receiving, yeah. receiving, receiving. Yeah. Generally, it all just comes You'll just be aware of whatever is... Wherever the attention is. Yeah, so I let go of the trying so much, especially in this daily life. It, you know, it really, I think this daily life practice really does encourage a receptivity. Because if you are trying to direct the attention, you know, if you're, if you're reading something, uh, you know, reading a memo and trying to direct the attention to something, it's like, that's, that's adding so much doing to the practice. And so you're reading. You can, oh, yeah, I know I'm reading. I, I know that. And taking in the content. Probably part of what's obvious is knowing the content. So, you know, don't add that. So, yeah, receiving. Yeah. So there's another, there's another uh, tool that I want to offer. Um, and that is um, so we talked we talked about just this brief thing that happens, and often I like to suggest this brief thing that happens be something you initiate, so you could, for instance, set your iPhone to ring a chime every fifteen minutes and be aware when that happens. And, and if you'd like to do that, by all means, do that. But I'd like you also to pick something you initiate. There's a difference in that um, is in terms of being responsive versus the doing. The action that we have to, we have to actually, an intention has to arise to do something before we do it. And we can begin to touch into recognizing that moment of about to do something. And that itself has some power. I'll talk more about that uh, as the week goes on. And it, that is written, I, I wrote about the intention piece in the, in the 
document, but I'll talk more about that as the, as the week goes on. So I would like to encourage you to pick something that you initiate, reaching for something, opening a door, um, switching between or clicking send on an email or, you know, doing something on your computer if you spend a lot of time on the computer. Just pick something you do, you act, actually have to actively choose to do. Um, and it will partly be harder because it's something you're choosing to do. Because the momentum of the doing takes us away from mindfulness. And so it, this begins to cultivate the possibility of waking up in the midst of doing, in the midst of acting. So that's part of the benefit of, of this like moment. So I'd encourage this thing to be just something brief that happens. It can last a split second, like switching between DOS and Windows is a brief thing. Uh, opening a door or um, you know, these other things I've suggested. Uh, reaching for something. The act of reaching is actually, that's advanced practice. You might, you might want to pick reaching for a specific thing, like you know, the phone, or one person at one point decided every time she touched paper, she would uh, have, have mindfulness happen. She was sorting through things, so she was touching paper frequently, and that was a nice um, thing for her. So, but any reaching you do, you like, you're, you're reaching constantly through the day, so that's going to be happening, you know, 50 times a minute, probably, for most of us. So that's a lot. That's, that's, that's a high bar. Uh, you're welcome to try it, but, you know, really be very compassionate with yourself for how many times you miss it if you choose reaching. Picking reaching for something specific is a little easier. So that's one side. And then to give you a little bit of a flavor for what it means to actually have a little bit of momentum, a little bit of continuity, I like to encourage you to pick some activity that happens once or twice a day that lasts, say, three to five minutes. Could last a little longer. Oh, something like your, you know, your morning ritual. Uh, you know, that you could pick a piece of your morning ritual, like brushing your teeth, or you could pick the entire morning ritual, like getting up and making the bed and then, you know, washing your face and then brushing your teeth. You could pick the whole thing. That might be as much as 15 minutes. Or maybe you could pick a piece of a morning ritual, like making coffee or, you know, something, some activity that takes a little bit longer. And see if you can uh, explore what does it mean to be mindful of that for the duration of it. So this is a little bit more about trying to remember and, and not just getting on with it when you remember, but actually, oh, here I am. Okay, can I, can I stay mindful for this stretch of time? Um, and again, on a fairly neutral experience, encouraging this on a fairly neutral experience. So this helps, uh, helps us to begin to... Um, Get a flavor of what it's like for mindfulness to have a little bit more of a flow. A little bit more of entering into the experience of something for a while. Now, given that this thing happens once or twice a day, the likelihood that you'll forget is high. Um, So I like to encourage um, reminders. You know, if you're you're doing um, brushing your teeth, put a big piece of pink, paper on your mirror or something that says mindful 
uh, or you know if you're if you're you could do it like many many things like many chores would be good washing the dishes or um, loading the dishwasher or um, chopping vegetables for a meal you know any anything that takes a, a chunk of time um, usually those things happen in a particular location so put some reminders there to help you remember uh, just you know some some note or some you know unusual thing <laughs> you know maybe maybe if you're doing it for chopping vegetables tie a big red ribbon on the knife or something that helps you remember as soon as you pick up the knife oh right mindfulness i want to try to be mindful while i'm doing this so that's that's another um practice that i'd like to encourage still with that one even a light touch it's not like we're bearing down, but just, you know, can I, can I know what's obvious while I'm chopping vegetables? Again, it's not like we're trying to dive in and be really, like, detailed mindful. It's just like, what's, what's obvious here? Oh, the body feels pretty relaxed as I'm standing here, and, oh, the wrist is getting a little tired, or, you know, just whatever is obvious. Just trying to remember kind of moment after moment what is obvious with that. So any questions about that piece? Okay. So um, I'd like to give you another opportunity for walking. Make this one shorter. Um, 20, we'll do this one at 25 minutes. So coming back at five after four. And then I have another piece that I want to offer you, another uh, practice for the week. Um, that maybe will help you get to, uh, I mean, these, these, these tasks are more like just the cultivation of the pure, like just waking up, cultivating the capacity for mindfulness, almost absent any need to be mindful, right? Um, and so the next one that I'd like to suggest is more encouraging you to pick something um, that you're charged about and exploring Exploring that, and so I'll give you some instructions about that. Um, and this is this is really where the benefit of daily life practice can become can come alive, is in that kind of practice. And so I wanted to give you a little break from all the words. So let's take a walk, same kind of walking practice, and we'll come back at five after four. So again, I'll ring the bell at four. <laughs> 